Sunset Globe featuring me, Avon. Today, we have a special guest, Amy. In today's episode, we'll be talking about The Flash, gender procedure gatekeeping, cis is not a slur, Latinx while mixed, still going and random facts for more information about myself the show and other projects please visit nailsthaglow.com all right amy you've been on the show once before but uh do introduce yourself tell tell the people about you hey there my name is amy i am partnered with avon I work in biotech in quality control, and I am starting seminary next week, which if you know Avon may surprise you, Um, but I'm studying to be a chaplain, and um, yeah, I am the, the reason all of these cats are around Avon in the recording studio because the cats rule the house and have now trained Avon um, to serve their every whim. So that's a little bit about me. Well, all right. That, that was a bit more than I expected, but sure. Uh, do you have an Instagram or a social page that you would like people to follow you on? Oh, my. My Instagram is Amy Leilani Toby. So, yeah, it's just, yeah. If you know how to spell Leilani, you can find me. Otherwise, good luck. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna put a spelling of it in the notes, so. Fair. <laughs> All right, so our first topic today is The Flash, and specifically The Flash movie, which recently showed up on streaming, uh, for those subscribed to that specific service. Um, I myself was very apprehensive about the movie because the powers that be at uh, Warner Discovery are fucking idiots. Um, and this is just obvious because they shelved Batgirl. Like, why do you shelve a movie that is $90 million in and has a great cast like Brendan Fraser like oh my gosh he was Firefly for Christ's sake and they shelved it for a tax write-off um, but yeah <laughs> anyways uh, The Flash was a delightful movie outside of the problematic lead um, I really was thrilled with it and also a Latinx uh, Supergirl um, but that's the introduction to the to the subject um, what did you think of the movie, Amy? I loved it, uh, mainly because I can relate a little bit to the main character, being from an immigrant uh, background. Um, my great-grandpa immigrated from Palermo, Sicily, to the Bay Area. So uh, the whole Italian vibe of his mom was very on. I loved that he was eating all the time because... Um, when my family gets together, we eat, we argue, and we laugh. So that felt very 
authentic to me. I do want to know a little bit more though about this problematic lead thing. We haven't talked about this. So what is problematic about the lead? Well, first I, I want to address the eating thing. The Flash as a, as a rule, as a character eats. Yes. But with the addition of the Italian uh, lineage, it just like made more sense because traditionally the Flash, uh, Barry Allen, is uh, like cis white man and not Italian. <laughs> oh, so he doesn't have that extra element yeah. of the racial diverse. I I get you. Okay. So so it like that that's at least pretty cool. Um, I'm used to Barry Allen being blonde, but uh, I got, I mean, Grant on the uh, TV show didn't have blonde hair, and he did really great. So anyways, the, the problematic thing was uh, Ezra is a bit of a uh, dick. Really? <laughs> That's the best way to say it. He, he, he just... He was breaking into people's houses and stealing stuff. And there are other things, what? rumors, alleged rumors of him grooming uh, young people. Um, or, sorry, they. Uh, it's it's difficult for me to think of Ezra as, uh, as a queer or uh, non-binary uh, person because of the, the, the heteronormative cis- masculine behavior they they perform um but yeah they what's all this it, it was the the flash movie took years to to like put together and film and all that and they uh, i think last year or the year before i can't remember which um they were breaking into people's houses and acting all weird and stuff and mm. There's speculation as to why right. they were doing all of this, but um, it the 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 spin was that it was a friend's house and all this other stuff. So it it's just it's weird. Mm. But um, I always assume mental illness when I hear that, like somebody acting out of character, especially with fame, because that's a lot of pressure to take on. Um, but again, that's an assumption that may not be the root cause at all. Yeah, and like there are a lot of famous people that don't break into other people's houses this for shits and giggles. This is true. Um, but the 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 Flash movie, I feel, was what the DC extended universe or expanded universe or whatever the fuck they were trying to call it. If they had started with a movie like that, mm -hmm. where it was just totally embracing the ridiculousness and the vibrancy of comic books while still adding in some of that grim stuff with the with the dark flash the reverse flash uh, character instead of you know like doing what snyder did and turning superman into a fucking doom cookie goth boy emo who's like oh it was me i'm going to travel around and be all sad and not hide my identity at all and lois lane is going to figure out who i am and oh i don't want to be superman and oh i let my dad die oh the world yeah like he's hopeful not yeah fucking depressing 
I think I like the visuals of the comic book style where they slowed everything down so that you see it from his perspective, but then like they speed things up so you see it from our perspective as normal normies out in the world, you know, that don't have that ability. I, I really enjoyed that aspect. I also liked at the end where you see all the different um, multiverses and their colored orbs. This is spoilers, by the way. Oh, yeah, no. People yeah. people figured it out when they saw it in the title. Oh, okay, good. Um, and you see all the different versions of uh, super superheroes like Superman and Batman um, in like their forms. Also, I love that there were three different iterations of Batman who were canon. So these characters that had already appeared um, as Batman in another film are in there and it just felt like a nice cohesive touch. I felt like, honestly, I felt like it was the Batman movie that I had been waiting to see. Um, Preach. Yeah. So it was it was beautiful. The rendering of the Batcave, the, all of the toys, the way that Ben Affleck moved. It's Batman, the way that... Um, what is his name? The, the the older gentleman. Michael Keaton. Yeah, the way that Michael Keaton held his himself and fought. I loved it. Um, I even loved the cameo at the end. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, where he, Barry's like, oh my God, something is definitely wrong with my Batman. <laughs> yeah. And Clooney's like, what's wrong with you, Barry? Like, yeah. oh, that was so classic. Yeah. Well, and Clooney's always classic. So yeah. He's just, he's just. Can I say that I have a hardcore crush on Clooney? I mean, he can get it. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I always had a problem with Affleck as Batman, but it was, I think, mainly because Snyder turned Bruce Wayne into, like, an incel who Gross. was looking at Wonder Woman and being like, oh, I don't know how to talk to women. Like, he knows how to talk to women. He's fucking Bruce Wayne. Selena Kyle rides up on his jock all the time. Fuck, they're even married now. Well, it, I, depend, I don't know if they change the timeline, but he's like with Catwoman now. You don't hook up with a woman like Catwoman, and you don't, ha you don't fuck with a woman like Talia al Ghul and not be smooth around women. Like... Sure, she's a goddess, but you don't go, oh, my God, look at her. I thought she was with you. I don't know what to say. No. Like, come on. And he moved like a fucking hippo in Batman v Superman. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. <laughs> but the the lasso of truth with Wonder Woman. Oh, my gosh. Freaking loved that. Because that is how I expect the lasso of truth to work. And seeing him and Barry bound in the lasso of truth and actually <laughs> saying their their piece on that that was amazing it, it's the it's the only real like kind of nitpick i have about the Barry character depiction is Barry Allen is gregarious as fuck oh. in the comics and in all other features like he just he's he's a bit dorky and goofy but he makes friends constantly. Mm -hmm. He is 
He is the kind of person that you want to talk to. He's the kind of person that reaches out to people all the time. And the Ezra Miller version of The Flash is, I'm alone, I don't have friends, I don't know how to talk to people, I don't know how to be around girls. You know, like, eh, I, I think they were just playing with the Zack Snyder leftovers. But it is, it is tragic that that's literally the last Snyderverse-ish um, film. Because had we started with that, that would have made a great addition because then we could have like had the multiverse properly in the DCEU. But now it's uh, thankfully JJ or not JJ, uh, James Gunn, who actually likes comic books for what they are, um, is in charge of DC now. And uh, if you're picking up on Zack Snyder hate, yes. Yeah, fuck Zack Snyder. That man can't make a movie to save his fucking life. But I enjoy some of his movies, babe. I, I mean, you know, taste is subjective and sometimes wrong. I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now, y'all. I know. It sounds like granite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's, she, yeah, she's like Sisyphus rolling a boulder up a hill. It just rolls back down you and then rolls back up. You are not the first person to compare me to Sisyphus. Okay, well. <laughs> 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 um. Last last thing about uh, the the Flash movie, this the depiction of Supergirl um, replacing the Superman character in the Flashpoint story with uh, Supergirl, and having her go against Zod, um, perfect. Uh, I don't really understand why Zod was in the story, but I kind of understand it. They were trying to like create a loop um, of events. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, but my goodness, she was amazing. Mm -hmm. Like her, her whole demeanor as like a mildly aloof Kryptonian who like grew up around Kryptonians and the science and technology and culture. And then she like is like, y'all are weird. Like this is this is weird. I'm just gonna go do my own thing. I'm Kryptonian. Like that's just so comic book right there. Like, just not automatically falling in line, but, like, being like, oh, well, this 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 human is, like, into me and being nice to me and, okay. Like, when young Barry was, like, doing a video and was, and older Barry was like, what are you doing? And younger Barry's like, our kids are going to want to see this. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would probably do the same thing. I'd be like, hi, Tara, how you doing? fixing my hair the whole time that's just me yeah you like strong women i don't know what you're talking about who can about. kick your ass maybe a little bit shut up Mm-hmm. okay next subject next subject uh what was the next subject oh yeah gender procedure gatekeeping you're gonna open this one right because i don't know what it, i i kind of have an idea but so uh Okay, so for, for those of you who follow me on my blog and for those of you who have listened to other episodes of the show, you know that I'm uh, uh, taking hormones and um, I, I'm like on the, on the quest for more feminine appearance and, and presentation. 
still non-binary. That may change. I mean, gender is fucking fluid like a river, but, you know, who knows? Gender is fucking... Mm. <laughs> um, but, uh, like, I had my... Uh, uh, Adam's apple shaved off because it was really kind of fucking with me every time I looked in the mirror. And um, I'm still trying to get enough money together to get hair removed from my face, you know, to, to kind of complete that. But I have to take testosterone suppressants constantly um, while I'm taking the uh, estrogen and progesterone and stuff. And I should be able to stop that with the progesterone, but there's like, it's a whole thing. But I recently uh, decided that I want to get an orchiotomy. But apparently, I need to be medically cleared mentally to make sure that I'm not, I don't know. What's an or? Can you explain to the people... Uh, castrati, get the balls removed. You yeah. just poop, get spayed, neutered, you know, like a puppy's. Okay, so I actually want to address this from the female point of view. Um, not that you know, because this has been something that women have struggled with, also. Um, I know, yeah, so historically. This is this is crazy. Okay, so um, men can go in and get um, their tubes tied, and they don't have to have their partner's consent. They don't. They get to make this choice for their body for themselves. Women, um, if a woman wants to have her uterus removed and it's not for cancer or something else, she actually has to have her partner sign off on it. Like our bodies are still owned by our fathers or our partners. Yep. Um, so this is, and men, a lot of times they don't know this stuff um, unless they've been directly impacted by it, which, you know, there's, there's a lot of reasons why a woman might want that. Uh, periods can be problematic. Uh, maybe she just doesn't want kids. Maybe she's having some hormone issues. Who knows? But these are medical questions that should be answered between a doctor and their patient. It shouldn't be up to um, somebody who's not living in that body to determine that. So same thing um, goes here with uh, gender gatekeeping. And the other thing is, it's very interesting with all of the medication that you take, um, the hormone suppressants that we talk about are in use in gymnastics. This is a, it's a common practice for women to not want to go through puberty when they're performing at that level because, you know, guys, hate to say it, but boobs get in the way of a lot of things. <laughs> they really do. Um, and it, it changes your balance. It changes a lot of different things for you. So if you can stop that process from happening so that you can have a higher performance, that's perfectly socially, socially acceptable. But if you're not sure about who you are as a person, which what teenager is sure about who they are as a person, and you want to give yourself a little bit more time to like figure it all out, that for some reason is not socially acceptable. Um, so if we do it for sport, it's okay. But if we do it for mental health, it's not. That just, I mean, like does not make any sense to me. 
Um, and I think it's probably because sport is tied to a dollar. So because sport makes money and sport is entertainment, we justify it there. But if somebody's body is just, they're trying to figure themselves out, they're not making money for anybody at that point. And so well. you can condemn that. Well, except for the doctors and the medical establishment. But at that point, you know, it's, it's more of the way that our uh, medical system is set up, which is an entirely different subject. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why I called it gender procedure gatekeeping and not trans procedure gatekeeping, because it, mm -hmm. it, there is a huge disparity between what cis men uh, desire as far as what happens to their bodies and then trans uh, people and women have to jump through literal fire just to just to feel normal or to feel complete like i've i've personally known a few uh, women who wanted procedures like uh, breast reduction uh, like to to have their uterus removed to to just you know things that would make their lives easier because they had complications and one of them had to wait five and a half years to to have her to have her uterus removed and she she kept getting infections oh my that's and, no fun at all and the doctors were like well you know we can do it, like this litany of things and I'm, I don't want to go into what the condition was but the doctors kept giving her excuses and trying to dissuade her from this instead of just going this is obviously a problem for you you know you already have one child maybe we should do this they they just they made her wait suffer for five and a half years i think that's what we're really talking about here is human suffering so for men's bodies um Y'all do suffer. I mean, like kidney stones are no fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but stop eating so much meat. Stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I love meat. Um, anyway, so there's things that like men suffer with for sure. Um, however, being denied services that uh, would help um, and would make your life either easier, more comfortable, or even perhaps save it. Um, being denied people just because they are not male. Yeah. That's really, and, and also um, medicine for the longest time just tested and um, practiced procedures on men and their bodies because women's bodies were perceived to be just like a man's with boobs and a vagina instead which is it's not true like our bodies are different in many ways yeah with all the similarities there are just as many differences yes yes so um and then also um with trans bodies and the body of knowledge that was lost um fucking nazis yeah um it there's a there's some information on that that you can look up about. Um, it was a, I think it was Dutch. I'm not really sure. Was he Dutch or German? 
You know, I can't remember. But there was a doctor back in uh, before World War II who had a gorgeous library on um, trans people and was um, performing uh, gender-affirming surgery. Very basic gender-affirming surgeries, but he was figuring it out. Yeah, and the all of the books that he had amassed were burnt. So we lost a lot of knowledge because of that. Yeah. <sighs> so, since that was such a lovely and bright subject, and I've already mentioned the word a few times, I'm going to say this very clearly for anybody who's listening. And if you, if this, if this fits you and you're mad about it, then you can fuck right off. I give two shits about your opinion, but cis is not a slur. Okay. I'm going to start off by saying when I was still living in Florida and this was, oh gosh, this was a good, like years ago. Fuck. Okay, so it had to have been 2014, maybe 2013. I, I can't remember. But I was online and, you know, this was when I was still using, you know, Zuck's social network. Um, I was in a, in a kind of a chat with people and this one guy I knew came in and was like, you know, you can't use sis because it's a slur and somebody's like the fuck are you talking about and he came in and was like well you know if you if you call me sis that's like calling a black person the n-word and yeah and everybody's like what the hell are you talking about and this was before it started getting more weaponized and like everybody just told him how stupid he was but that that was the rise of the incel culture that we now know um, like he was, he, he was, uh, part of that, but it wasn't as pronounced. And as time has gone on, there, there are a lot of, uh, cis heteronormative people that seem to think calling them cis is a slur and it doesn't make sense. You know, like tranny, that's a fucking slur because it was used as a derogatory term. As a trans person myself, I hear that word and I'm like, eh, maybe you shouldn't use that. You know, like there's some older films and comedies that use it in a playful way, but I'm st- I still cringe. You know, they're not being malicious. It's just like, oh, he's a tranny, you know, and it's like, eh, oh, mm, oh, oh, can right. we can we dub over that? <laughs> but, you know, if I call somebody cis. It is just literally a description that they are presenting as the uh, uh, gender assigned at birth. That is literally all that means. It's not a slur. And anybody who says it's a slur is a fucking moron. But okay, what's your opinion? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not as being cis myself. Um, I don't have as strong of a an opinion as this I with a lot of things that people are outraged about I one I don't have time for it two (laughs) I value my mental health a lot and so I don't try to get upset about how other people are living their life Um, and 
if somebody's being, you know, ornery, that's that's their problem. Um, that's how I usually feel about it. I know that there's a lot of hate um, and you know, excellent book about incel culture um, that I read after getting out of an abusive relationship. I might love people a little too much. <laughs> Is called um, Men Who Hate Women by Laura Bates. I highly recommend it if you want to do some more reading on it. But uh, I think that the underlying thing that's the problem here is uh, the amount of hate that people will go out of their way to um, damage or destroy someone else's life simply because they didn't like something that they said. And to me, it's like, don't you have more valuable things to do with your time? Like, why are you here on earth? Are you here on earth to destroy other people? And if that's your only purpose, then that's got to be a really sad way to live. Yeah, that's yeah. Mitch McConnell. Oh, okay. Well, I I just, um, you know, and it took me a long time to figure out what the word cis meant just because I um, was, you know, born into Catholic. Catholicism. Um, Catholicism. Thank you. I have braces on, y'all. <laughs> so there's a lot of words that are really hard to say right now. Um, grew up in evangelicalism and um, have family that are Christian nationalist. Um, uh, consumerism is something that is very prized and valued in my family. So there's there's all of this nuance to it that when you are brought up in that culture, you don't even see what's going on around you. And so um, it's being able to suspend judgment, to sit and listen to somebody else's point of view, whether you agree with it or not, and actually do some study into it and start asking yourself, why do I think this way? Those things are things that transform my life. And... Um, you know, and even if it doesn't change the way you think, at least you learn something from another point of view, and it makes other people easier to relate to, um, regardless of if you agree with them or not. So that is my two cents on that. Um, I can understand feeling insulted if you do not understand why someone is saying something, but the right question isn't, how dare you said this to me? Who do you think you are? I think the right question is why? Why did you say this? Uh, what are the arguments behind it? And how has this impacted your life? So that is my two cents on it. And I can see that. But when it comes to uh, like, why are you saying this? And how is it impacting my life? You know, it it's you know, when you call somebody cis, it's not trying to impact their life. It's like a fucking medical description of existence. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's shorthand for gender assigned at birth presenting person. That is it. Right. And literally, when people say it's an insult, it is specifically that, 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 Crowder, Walsh, uh, fucking incel Q bullshit where it's like what is a woman i'll tell you what a woman is a woman is somebody who says they're a woman i think it's that easy like like but not all people agree with you 
Well, you know, they and can fuck off because they're wrong. <laughs> that's, so, so to me, that's like the underlying problem in society is the, the polarization that we have and that we're not actually willing to listen to each other and engage in those conversations. But, no, it's not that because the the Walshes and Crowders and, and their, their sycophants don't want to have a conversation. They don't want to have a good faith conversation. They want to pretend like that that's what they want. But when you try to engage them in a conversation, it then becomes them just talking over you, telling you how wrong you are, and then telling you how, how insane you are for believing what you believe and trying their damnedest to make you look like an idiot the whole time without having an actual conversation. There is no good faith conversation being sought by these people. That's, that's what is happening. That's what your underlying issue is. Yeah, it, it would be different if they wanted to have a good faith conversation, but they don't. Like uh, uh, Crowder, he'll 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 just like uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? He'll ambush people with subjects that are complicated and layered. He'll he'll research the shit out of something and then specifically target that subject and go into like college areas or or public street areas and does his damnedest to make the person he's talking to seem like an idiot. So if they support one view, he's already equipped with all of this knowledge and it's just somebody who's on the street and it might be somebody who's a historian or a political science person, but they're not, they're not equipped for a debate. Right. And then he's like, see, they're idiots. Ha ha ha. Like it's bad faith. That, that makes sense. Read, uh, listener, what do you think? Let us know in the comment section. This is a... Well, it's a podcast. There's not really a comment section. Uh, how can they let us know what they think, baby? Well, there's an email, firstdraftsecolo at gmail.com. I'll be happy to read your shit on, on the show next episode. Um, but just know I, I, I might make fun of you. <laughs> I, I promise I won't. I won't. I to won't. let you all know, Avon makes fun of me on a daily basis. I do not. Shut up. Yes, you do. Shut up. It's part of uh, their charm. I mean, I am charming. <laughs> okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> you know, having said that, let's talk about a subject that is close to both of our hearts. And that is uh, Latinx or Latinx while mixed. Mm. Now... For those of you who don't know, don't know, don't know, no, don't know, no, <laughs> you didn't see what I did there. Yeah, I saw, but it was annoying. So, <laughs> like, you never do anything annoying. I never do anything annoying. <laughs> All right. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, my uh, birth father is from South America. And I was raised by very conservative white folk, like just obnoxiously conservative white folk. And I'm not sure if you know this, but there are a lot of Latin people who are uh, not especially dark and have lighter hair and lighter eyes and mm -hmm. uh, don't necessarily, you know, look like, you know, I don't know. Mexicans, <laughs> like apparently all Latina, South Americans, all Latinx people are supposed to look 
Um, Aztec or yeah, something. Or, yeah, it's it's mildly annoying. Um, and you are uh, not only descended from Italians, but also Mexicans. Yeah, so my family is very... Um, I think we're doing some revisionist history in my family. So um, if you look at my family's lineage, you see people from Chihuahua and other parts of Mexico. Um, they settled in Chandler, Arizona, prior to it being Arizona. So it was part of Mexico at that time. When the treaty happened, the line jumped them and all of a sudden they had American citizenship. But if you look at their pictures, they're very dark skinned, um, very, very dark skinned. And my grandma, sometimes when she looks at the pictures says, and my grandma is not politically correct, y'all. So I'm just going to tell you like it is. They look like Indians. <laughs> look how dark they are. Uh, but somewhere along the lines, we've disconnected from the fact that our heritage is Mexican. And when I bring it up, it's no, they're Americans. The border jumped them. And I'm like, I, I don't think you understand what that means. So my great grandma was fully Mexican and um, my great grandpa was from Italy. So it's, it's actually been kind of interesting because my great grandma um, didn't feel like she fit when she was in Arizona. So she moved to the Bay Area um, to San Jose in uh, Little Italy there. I can't remember what they called it um, back then. Um, actually, we met a cousin from that area. Um, I think he, he's probably like a great cousin, my, my dad's cousin, um, third cousin. I don't know how it, I don't. Cousin. Yeah, my cousin. Um, and he still lives in the Bay Area and grandma was asking about his house and if he still had the garden and the trees and all of these things and yeah he does um, and he brought some pictures up um, to show us what you know who was in the family and all of that but the rest of my heritage is very like Irish um, German we've got some um, ca Canadian um, Canucks yeah you got some hosers in there eh? yeah uh-huh and um, English. I met some people from England. Um, they brought me a little seal. I'll never forget it. When I was a kiddo, I think I was five or six. Um, All right, some Anglophiles. Yeah, eh? Fred and Sadie from England. Um, but yeah, like, so I've got family, like most Americans from all over Europe. But um, it's, it's interesting because my sister, my oldest sister, same mom and dad, she's got um blonde hair green eyes light skin and in the summertime i get i get a gorgeous shade of uh, chestnut <laughs> it is delicious um but when i was little i used to try to scrub that off because i thought it was dirt um and it's it's an interesting place to be when you don't have the language you don't have um really the culture so I didn't learn about Day of the Dead until I was much like, like an adult. Um, but, you know, like my grandma's always making wonderful Mexican food and Italian food. And her 
house always smell of those spices, those spices intertwined. So it's kind of like this this interesting um, thing to be un, unmoored or untethered from your cultural heritage and something that um, something that I personally want to do is integrate more of those um, heritage things back into like assimilate back into my old culture if that makes any sense um, to discover those so I'm reconnecting to my roots if you will so um, yeah so I'm trying to learn about the different um, the different holidays it helps that my family has Catholic roots um, on both <laughs> sides because Catholicism is something that's deeply uh, part of that uh, society. It's, it's deeply part of a lot of societies. Anyway, but yeah, so that's, I mean, like, being mixed is interesting because it feels like, I mean, I have people come up and speak Spanish to me, and I can't talk, speak to them back, and... No habla espanol, señorita? Uh, muy poquito. <laughs> muy poquito. With a gringo accent. Um, and so it's just kind of like, it feels a little bit like being... Um, homeless in a way, um, in culture. You know, I, you, you mentioned one of your sisters, but there's another one of your sisters who, if people met her on the street and just like looked at her, they would straight up think she was like directly from Cuba or Mexico herself. Yes. Like she has dark hair. Her eyes are almost completely black. Yes. It, it, I mean, it could be she's evil. I mean, she's she... not evil. <laughs> she's just a strong personality. Uh, sure, 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 sure. Um, and she's also married to somebody. Where, where is he from? Nicaragua. Yes, he's from Nicaragua, um, and he has his green card. Um, so he's not a citizen here, but he moved from Nicaragua when he was very young to the Miami area. I mean, that's that's like the prototypical like Latina, you know, finding some guy from Guatemala, Nicaragua, you know, like, oh, look at this. I got me a real man kind of thing. It, it's weird, though, because she doesn't. Um, well, last time I checked, she didn't speak Spanish, um, but she's she has. um my niece is around two now, and like her birthday is in October, so she's almost two, and she's having another kid, and I think they're trying to raise them uh, bilingual. Um, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and the kid goes to Miami, to Nicaragua, like basically they fly all over, um, and the kid goes with them. My niece goes with them, so it's. I think that it's cool that they have, like, that she, my niece, is going to have that attachment to um, her her papa's roots. But it would be interesting to see, like, when she grows up, if she maintains that or if she um, becomes more westernized, for lack of a better word. Yeah. And, yeah, it, it, it's, it's frustrating because, uh, like, a lot of people, when they look at you and talk to you they don't immediately think you know depends on their culture right but not a lot think of latina when they look at you and nobody thinks of latin when they look at me because you know there there's the stereotype there mm -hmm. you know it's like you know all french people 
look like this and it's like well you know there are some french people who are black <laughs> like i mean that happens there there's french families that have lived in france for generations that are black uh so that's a thing i think part of it is globalization too like there's there's also people that look entirely um asian from their culture and don't speak any oriental language you know not oriental what is oh sorry i said the wrong thing i'm sorry y'all didn't mean to offend i'm learning i'm learning my pc i i like i said i have come from a very conservative background so uh asian language yeah is that, e is East, that right eastern asian okay pacific islander but yeah like and then people ask them where are they from and they're like seattle portland yeah i mean there's there's a lot of mixed uh, blood that goes on in, in countries, but you know for the past like 150 years, there's been a lot of integration from other ethnicities and societies into these uh, cultures, and they've married into and uh, kind of uh, disseminated in that culture. So they're like it's like become more of a melting pot in some places. And, you know, it's, for me, it's annoying because, you know, I, I've i always looked like an Aryan poster child. Yeah, you do. And it's annoying when I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm Latino and people are like, no, you're not. You look like a fucking Nazi. And I was like, okay, well. You got a lot of German in you. I mean, my, my mother's side, there's Swiss. And there's probably a lot of German in there, too. Yeah. But there's also um, some Italian. It's, yeah. You know there are blonde-haired Italians, even. Oh, yeah. Like, you, you know, like, when, when I meet people, a lot of times they think that I'm um, from the Middle East. I get that a lot. I think it's the shape of my nose. So. I mean, I could yeah. see that. I Like, I might, if if I wasn't. If I wasn't more aware, I might think you are Iranian. Yeah, I get that. I get um, Jewish. A lot. I people people love to think I'm Jewish, and I think part of that is because of Sicily. Um, if you're not aware, Sicily is very interesting because Christians, Muslims, and Jews all live together in harmony on that island um, for a while. The history of Sic Sicily is wild. Um, yeah, I don't think they live in harmony anymore. No, they don't. No. But <laughs> because of that, I think that that's probably part of my heritage, too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Latinx well mixed. It is complicated. Yeah. It's not always super fun or easy to, to talk about. It, you just got to be more open to uh, kind of destroying those preconceived notions because, you know, not everybody looks like the movie or TV show version of an ethnicity. Um, and you don't know until you, you know, actually sit down and have the conversation with somebody. Yeah, like, you know, in the 70s and 80s, you know, skinny black men were apparently all pimps and hustlers. And it's like, no, no, that that's just how they were depicted in TV shows. <laughs> like, come on. Like, it, you know, not all Mexicans are R Ricky Ricardo from Lucille Ball. Like, But they can do it because they're Mexicans. Nope. No? Nope. <sighs> nope.
damn it. Guys, I'm striking out. <laughs> what is that, three? Am I done? Uh, no, you're good. Ugh. But we are going to move on before uh, that foot goes further down your throat. Oh, my gosh. Thank oh my you. Gosh. Yeah, okay. I'm choking here. Ah. All right. Uh, so, fuck. That strike still going? Ah, oh, the rider strike. We miss you, John Oliver. We miss all you wonderful writers that make TV possible. I know TVs, some of you are, movies. are losing your houses. I'm really proud of the actors who are striking now for the writers. Yeah, I'm in solidarity. I'm a little pissed off at the uh, Green Arrow television actor Stephen Amell or Amol or uh, whatever the fuck his name is, but he he did an interview where he said striking hurts things. Like, he, like, I don't know if it's that, you know, he's in such a comfortable position, like, he has a nice little, you know, pile of money to sit on or whatever, or he's just, like, mm. getting his, getting his monkey sucked by, like, somebody who, you know, is, you know, in the executive corporate, whatever, and are like, hey, people like you, say, you know, tell them how evil the, the strike is, but, dude, I used to really like watching you work out and narrow, but like, I, I, now I feel guilty. Hmm. I think the tragedy is late stage capitalism being so. Oh my God. I hate hearing that. Predatory. I mean, it's kind of that, but the, the entertainment industry has nothing to do with late stage capitalism. It has more to do with the greed of the executives and how they don't want to share the profits that they make from the literal slavery level of uh, labor that they demand from the creators, the writers, the actors, the, the people behind the scenes. That's what late-stage capitalism is. Kind of. But this has been going on for since Hollywood started, like over 100 years yeah. ago. Yeah, just like sweatshops um, and people getting, you know, burned to death in the United States. So we moved them overseas so that we couldn't see the um, the harm. Like, capitalism has always had to have some sort of serving or slave class in order to make it work. Right, but the entertainment industry isn't held to those same standards. But it works in the same way. Right, but it's it doesn't have to. Like, it could still sustain itself and pay the actors and everybody else better than what they're doing. The, the disparity is so profound. Like, the, the, the profit uh, that the uh, studios make and what they actually pay the people who make the content and star in the content, like, there's a small sliver of that pie that's actually given to the actors, writers, and people behind the scenes. The rest of it's given to people who sit behind a desk. Like Amazon? And, well, in other industries, it's more like half and half a lot of times. And the one half is going to a small number of people, and then the other half is going to a large number of people. And that's more late-stage capitalism because it's like the few get all the money and then the many you know, have to fight for scraps. But in the Hollywood and what the strike is about is the there's no 
residuals for streaming. There's no decent pay for voice actors. There's no decent pay for the writers. Like they're just asking for incremental improvements in their in their like quality of life. And the studios are now trying to say, well, you know, what if we just video a background actor, uh, you know, in one production and then use their likeness AI wise in perpetuity and not pay them anything? What if we just record an actor's voice and use that voice in perpetuity without giving them any money? What if? Right. We have AI do all of this and not have to owe any money to anybody in perpetuity. Right. That is that is what's at, at risk here. Like capitalism is part of it, but that is not all of it. So we've got capitalism, the rise of AI, and uh, a changing world um, where the technology and greed are uh, intertwined. Is what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean. Yes, but I the the main thing is that Hollywood started on exploitation on a level that just hasn't been really addressed like since it began. Like there's there's like a fraction of a percent of people like uh the the Robert Downey Juniors out there that get, you know, and the Tom Cruises that get all the money right. in a production. But then there's the guy who has been busting his ass for 20 years as a stuntman who, like, can't afford his medical bills. Right. And he's the stunt person for the Robert Downey Juniors. And, like... He's the one that makes it look cool. Yeah. And, like, why why isn't he getting at least All enough of money... All medical bills paid for yeah, for life. Yeah, at, at least... You know, like if you star in 10, you know, like top tier Hollywood movies as a stunt person, you should, and I'll put that in big quotations, be able to retire and not have to worry about paying your bills because you risk your fucking body, you know? And if you, if you like wake up one day and you can't move because like a spinal damage that you had in the in the second movie you ever were a stump person in, you know, damage your spine and you just wake up one day and you're like, ah, fuck, I can't move. You should be able to call the studio and say, hey, I need you guys to help me out with some medical costs here because, you know, this injury. But the way it is now, that that's not how it works. And some of these writers don't even get credit for their work. Like, there are writer's rooms for TV shows where one person writes a rough script or writes a, a beat sheet which is like the points that they need to cover in the show send it into the writer's room and then the writers which could be up to like 20 people for some productions from what i understand they they just throw throw ideas out and like start writing and compiling and then the the main scriptwriter guy sometimes edits it <laughs> you know sometimes it's even somebody else and then they they film it. It's like there's all this other work that goes on. Right. And then these people are making like like McDonald's money. Right. You know, they're living in fucking shoe boxes, you know, in, in these like high cost of living areas just to be close to where they need to show up for work. Right. And it's 
ridiculous because these studios are making hundreds of millions of dollars and none of that money is going to the people who are actually making that. Right. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't really know much about the industry. That's not something that I've really studied. What I do know is that this seems to be a problem nationwide um, where you see strikes and unionizing. So um, even in our area, hospitals, um, Starbucks, you're seeing a lot more of that, right? Of people being like, I'm sick and tired of living this way. This is no way to live. People wanting a living wage. And you can also, I think I've been looking a lot at this of how much does it cost for a single person to have a living wage in each state? In Oregon, it's uh, 67000 per year. Um, and in other places, it can be up to 150000 a year. So you're looking at these wide disparities of um, what it means to be able to live and live well. And how do we measure that? And then also, whose responsibility is it to make sure we have that? And um, I think that what workers are saying right now is that it's your responsibility, whoever is in charge of the studio, to actually care about people, um, to care about your employees, whether you see their faces and know their names or not, um, to give them a living wage. And um, personally, my dad was a small business owner. And one of the things he loved about being a small business owner was the number of families that he was able to provide for. And he gave them good wages, sometimes at the expense of his own paycheck to make sure that they were okay. And I think it's that that values thing. Like, what do we really care about? Do we care about having a personal jet to fly across the world <laughs> as executives? Or, or do they care about the people and making sure that people are okay and what is it what is it enough like as far as money and resources go i think that people are very bad at judging when they have enough um so and you, you can see this in natural resources too in our world uh where we have undermined our own well-being and own environment because we don't know when to quit when we have enough money we have too much and it needs to go to someone else. It needs to be passed forward. And I think that's that's something that I admire about like Native American culture where there was a certain tribe in this area. I can't remember the name of it. I think it might have been the class Clackamas or something. But for them, a sign of a life well lived and wealth was to be able to give away all of their possessions before the end of their life. And that is such a different mindset than what we currently have, where we idolize the people that are at the top, but then we wonder why we're still um, so oppressed and so bankrupt and hurt and living in uh, squalid conditions. And it, it really has to do with who and what we idolize and how we steward things and when um, we're able to say that's enough. You know, I have enough. I need to share this now. So those are those are my thoughts on it. Um, it's sad that 
greed is so embedded in the society that we can't we can't seem to <laughs> um, get living wages for these folks. And I think striking for a living wage is worth it. That was a long road. <laughs> That's how my brain works, babe. Uh, you know, just to like uh, put that all a bit more succinctly, a lot of a lot of what we're experiencing started with trickle down economics in this country, and there were a lot of problems before that. But that started the whole idea that the people at top get to hold more and have more and their wealth would trickle down. And that's just not what happened. And there are people who barely do anything when it comes to the TV shows and movies and, and um, you know, music albums and stuff. They're barely doing anything and they're making the most money. Like, sure, an executive deserves to have a comfortable life, but they don't deserve to make nearly a hundred times more than the person who's writing the fucking show like that's that's where it goes and i support all industries that are striking the airlines are striking right now um the starbucks people are are really pushing that and i'm getting a little incensed at the idea that ai and robots are going to replace some of these people because we still need to keep humans in a lot of these industries. Otherwise, it's going to become very dystopian and it'll be very uh, depressing. Mm. That, you know, that's when we're going to need max headroom. Mm. You know, if you guys don't know, look it up. All right. We went on about that for a minute, but I'm glad to see we're both very passionate about uh economics yeah <laughs> you can tell there's things in our relationship we agree on and things that we don't and we come from two different you know you angles. don't always have to agree yeah no you don't always have to agree and as i said in a previous episode fuck agree to disagree you don't have to agree to disagree sometimes you can just fucking disagree right and that that needs to be okay right. that needs to be okay for everybody to just be able to disagree and but, respect each other there yeah there's a way to do it from a place of love and respect and then there's the rampant disrespect and uh, dehumanizing of other people that happens yeah. and that's never okay yeah but disagreeing that needs to be okay right that just absolutely needs to be okay because my god we disagree <laughs> okay and random facts i think we just went over one random fact my partner and i disagree and what we disagree on we disagree on and that is okay sometimes passionately so but yeah but it's still okay because we're like there you don't always need to change somebody's mind you don't always need to agree that your disagreement is an impasse like because people change anyways and another random fact you can disagree with somebody and still go along with some of the stuff if it's not like a moral disagreement example Avon is vegan and not militantly so like, the cow is going to die if she needs the leather boots. Let's just put it that way. I'll kill that fucking cow if it means I get a new pair of Doc Martens. Right. 
Um, whereas, guys, I love me some pork. I love uh, roast beef. Reuben's are my favorite. I mean, like, ugh, I haven't eaten pork since I was a teenager. Yeah. I love a good salmon, a piece of fish. Give me all that sushi. You know what I'm saying? I love eating things. A random fact, I don't eat coleslaw unless it's on a pulled pork sandwich or is made with a vinegar base. I cannot, for some reason, mayonnaise, like half the time, I'm like, no, thank you. Um, but like, for me, like I eat mostly vegan at this point in my life because it's not a moral thing and it's easier to get dinner on the table or to have enough food for the both of us. But Avon cooked me a nice piece of fish last night. So you don't have to necessarily agree on everything. Um, it's called it's called like honoring your partner, right? Yeah. And you know, to be clear, I'm I eat vegan because the meat just doesn't agree with my body. If I I I totally miss eating steak for breakfast, okay? Like a nice T-bone, a couple eggs, and a two fingers of whiskey. I'm even sober now. So like, holy fuck, my favorite breakfast I can never have again because my body just does not digest that shit. You can have the eggs though. And you do. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I missed the point. I'm sorry. You know, I'm vegan. Two fingers but... of whiskey for breakfast? Oh, God, yes. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the egg thing is for calories. It was, my doctor told me that, you know, that needed to happen. But, like, milk, animal meats, stuff, you know, I just, you know, I need to keep my calorie count up. You know, and if it was one of those like stupid idiot PETA militant things, I wouldn't even eat eggs. But like if my doctor, you know, a few years ago didn't say, hey, you need to get more calories in your system or you're going to develop a, the bad form of diabetes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I mean, like diabetes is serious regardless. But like having deficiencies in your diet can also result in uh complications yeah i think that's the critical point with veganism right is that you need to have a doctor a medical doctor be looking at your calories your intake those things and your vitamin deficiencies as well as micronutrient not some hippy dippy that's like fucking eat essential oils like you know somebody who actually went to medical school not somebody who got a certificate after going to a fucking workshop okay fuck you doctors none of the pseudoscience stuff none of these people who are like you just need to like hug a tree and you'll be you'll be energized no fuck eat go to a doctor have a doctor make sure you're healthy some people cannot be vegan right like i'm bad at being vegan but i mean like some people uh like all our bodies are different like my body like i'm fine vegan tofu beans all that stuff soy is and beans for me are deadly it hurts so bad and i'll end up like losing everything and then having to sleep for three hours so yeah like i i'm a bad vegan yeah hummus sandwich i'm good to go yeah it's not, <laughs> it's not a great, great but that's also not not a significant quantity of calories right and you know people who are eating 1600 calories a day you're sick you need to double that 
Like, oh depending my God. Depending on how much you move and how big you are and your gender. I mean, but still, yeah. 3,000 calories minimum a day for the average adult. Male. For women, it's nope. around two. Nope. Yeah, no, sometimes I take in, like, I have this Fitbit that'll tell me how many calories I've burned in a day. And um, I, I average around 1,800. <laughs> okay, see, this is another one we disagree, and we're just going to let it ride because it's not... I have a degree in this. <laughs> it, it is not that big of a deal. No, it's not. But, but, and we also disagree on um, medicine in some ways because I end up being more of the hippie Debbie one um, that I get made fun of for constantly over here. I mean, um, because yeah. uh, there was a long time in my life where I would be going to the doctor and trying everything and, that they set, suggested and nothing was helping. And then I started going to some alternative therapies and things started to work a little better. Um, I've been, since Avon has been in my life, I have been reintroduced to the doctor in some significant ways. And she has been right a few times. Um, don't let it go to your head. <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like there's a balance there between both while she's very much on the whole uh, medical MD only, which, fine. You know? I mean, there there is something to be said with some holistic approaches. And as long as you're not completely relying on holistic approaches, you're you're doing pretty good like go to your doctor see what they say and if they're like you know you need to drink pepto-bismol like twice a day in order to you know reduce your heartburn or keep your ass from burning you know and you don't want to do that go to a holistic doctor and say what can i take instead of pepto right and if they if they offer you something that works for you great awesome because sometimes it is a psychological thing that's happening in our heads and medical science can't really compensate for that in the same ways that a holistic doctor can. Sometimes we just need to feel like we're being listened to. We just need to feel like what we're doing is good and healthy and syncs with everything. And sometimes that's the best approach, but right. you need to make sure that you're healthy and the only way you can be 100% sure about that is medical science because that's science. Oh, and the other thing is, is it takes a long time to know truth in science, right? So yeah, it has to be, something has to be uh, proven and then it has to be repeated and proven again and again and again before medical science or any science will say yes. We know for sure that this impacts this in this way. With human bodies, we have a lot of variety um, because we come from a lot of different places and developed but, to process things in a lot of different ways um, because people eat what they have available to them. So what works for someone on one side of the world with one certain part of genetics isn't going to work for somebody else. Yeah. And then you've got that, but then it has to be repeated over and over and over again. So, yeah, it's, yeah. it's I'm a pacifist, crazy. but I will bitch slap the next person that says eating too much soy is feminizing men. Okay, if that were true, I wouldn't have to be taking hormones because, holy fuck, I eat a lot of soy. 
<laughs> so just why why am I having to take estrogen and and progesterone if soy has so much estrogen in it? Why? I'll tell you why. Because it's bullshit. Anyway, just listening to your body, uh, being aware of what works for you, what doesn't, and a lot of times it takes a really long time. So um, there's hope. Keep at it, um, and know that there's other people out there like you that may be struggling. Um, and you can get through it. All right. I think we've rambled on for long enough. Uh, we're over an hour, which happens sometimes because this this is my show, not your show. I get to do what I want. Um, I, I want to thank you all so much for joining us, um, making us part of your day. Um, you know, this is a weekly show, comes out roughly around 11 on Thursdays, sometimes a little late, you know, you know how it is, it's life, um, you know, if, if, if you have any questions or want to know more about myself, you can go to nailsaglow.com, I have a few shops, I have a few shows, I have a few uh, blog entries that I make every week. A few. <laughs> I, yeah, I have a nightly blog and I take a selfie. So if you want to see how fucking sexy I am, you know, go check that out. Or if you want to check out what a trans journey looks like um, from the first day that hormones were taken to present, check it out. Yeah, and also there's a segment of my blog that records when I was in a facility for recovery. Um, that was an interesting time period for me. Uh, <laughs> so that's why that's why it's set aside so you could read that uh, trigger warning. Oh, you know, obviously. Um, Amy, I want to thank you for being on another uh, show like this. You're welcome. Did better today, huh? Well, I mean, you did you did great last time too. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not recording uh, visually this time. It's so much better for me. Like even on Zoom chats, I I don't see my face on Zoom because I get really distracted, and I'm like, oh my god, am I look okay? Is this all right? Yeah. You know, I, like you never look at yourself in real life. So. I, I look at myself all, all the, the time. time. I know. Oh my I god, know. I love it. I know. Um, so, uh, please remind people how they can get, uh, like, uh, 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 internets of you. It's the Insta. Amy Leilani Toby. Spell it out. A-M-Y. L is in Llama. E is in Edward. I is in Igloo. L is in Llama. A is in Apple. N is in Nancy. I is in Igloo. Toby. T. O, B as in boy, E as in Edward, Y for Instagram. That those are my deeps. Well, all right. Not really sure why you had to do the military thing first. <laughs> Rex. Rex is why. I would uh, be on the phone and talking to people um, when I was working for my parents' dispatcher for the tech company. And every time I would spell things funky, like E is an elephant, um, <laughs> he would be like, Tango, Bravo. <laughs> you know, like he would tell me what the military thing was. And so it just kind of got to that point where it was like Lima. Although I do do Llama instead of Lima. A llama? I love a llama. Who doesn't love a llama? <laughs> I was actually quoting a Disney film. If you know which one I was quoting, 
tell me about it because it was a really good one. I mean, Eartha Kit was in it for Christ's sake. Is that in person, Chris? See, now, now they know. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways, thank you again for joining us for uh, what which show is this? This is Abstractions at Glow, episode 17, and uh, see you next week. Bye.